I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hello. Well, oh, sorry. We got to say hi. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. (laughs) Okay. This is Kate. This is Mike. We're so the other guy. We're so happy to have you back for episode number three of the August podcast listening adventure. Can you believe we're already in the third week of this amazing experience? I can. That's how time moves. It moves, man. Time. I saw yesterday, like all these people were like taking pictures of their kids going to school. No, time moves like outside of an Maine. arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. <laughs> What? Wait, say that again. I time moves like an arrow. Time moves like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. No, time flies like an arrow. Time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. <laughs> okay. Oh now, my god. <laughs> I well, it took me about twenty seconds to actually get that, I but now I do. Like that was the amazing. Dumbest jokes. <laughs> this is. This is something you may not know about me. My sense of humor is kind of like a kindergartner. Um, right. That's not why Kate and I are together, because I, I speak like a kindergartner. You do so not speak like a kindergartner. What was, we were watching Comedians and Cards Getting Coffee last night with uh, Ricky Gervais and Jerry Seinfeld. And what were they talking about that you were laughing? Do you remember? It was something with words. Well, how Ricky Gervais was saying poverty. Instead yeah. of and how and how how Jerry Seinfeld was giving him shit because he was like, You just gave up midway through the word. There were three other whole letters. You just bailed because Ricky Gervais, instead of saying poverty, says poverty. And he's like, Why is it that you just give up halfway through the word? It was very funny. I'll tell you um, what, if you guys need a good laugh, guys and gals, comedians of cars getting coffee is a great thing to bring humor into yes. your life. We ran out of queer eye. And so now we're into comedians and cars getting coffee. Yep. We also started the next season of Dear White People. Yep. And I Fantastic. think we'll finish it. Yeah, um, for sure. I wouldn't say the acting is like spectacular, but... It's the message. The message is good. It's also entertaining. There's good like romance and No, I think the acting's and... good, but I feel like the store... Like sometimes it the it's... A, I'm not sure. The episode one of the first... This latest season was like, whoa, what happened here? I feel, I feel like, but... But we're going to give gonna it another chance. Oh, um, yeah. Well, I know. I like the the topics they discuss, what they talk about. Like it's really profound and it's... Uh, I don't... Really profound might not be the right term, but it's... It's, it's important. It's important. Yes. I find it very valuable. Me too. Way. Okay. Now, today's episode has been requested so many times. It's so interesting. Every time I say, what do you want us to talk about? Or what's what's something you're challenged with, you struggle with? I get a lot of response from folks saying, I struggle with making friends as an adult. So here's what's interesting. When I was doing some research for this episode, I found out that after the age of 25, our social circles shrink. And women's social circles shrink faster than men's. This is what the data shows. Now, of course, Mm -hmm. case-by-case basis. So the data shows that we're very promiscuous socially in our early 20s. And then 25 and on, it starts to shrink. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Number one being that society after that time tells us to put all of our eggs in the spouse basket and all of our eggs in the family basket. And I think that's, and the career basket. And I think that that's really misguided advice. I posted a little while ago about a weekend with my dear, dear friend, Megan Watterson, the author of Mary Magdalene Revealed. If you haven't listened to that episode of the podcast, definitely go back and listen. It's in the show notes. And that post about how we put too much pressure on our romantic relationships to fulfill us really blew up. People had a lot of enthusiasm about that post and they really agreed. And a lot of folks said, this makes me really think. And so today we are talking about how to create that circle of friends as an adult. And we have different perspectives, of course, as a man and as a woman. But I'll tell you what, as a woman, the data shows, and I would imagine that the for men, this is probably the same, but I don't know. A circle of friends protects women from illness, adds years to her life, helps her ba- bounce back from trauma faster, and will give her a leg up in her career. 
a study that came out from a collaboration between Notre Dame and or Notre Dame, depending on how you want to pronounce that, if you're French or Midwestern, and Northwestern University said that a tight circle of female friends is the number one indicator for a woman's professional success. Think about that. So you're saying if she has a tighter circle of a female... A tight-knit circle of female friends... She'll be more successful. ...lifting her up. Yep. Okay. Whereas well, you're surrounding it, right? Men network a little bit differently. Men also, their network, you know, has to do with their professional success, but it's a lot more about knowing a bunch of different people and like tapping into your wide Rolodex. Whereas with women, it's not so much about the networking and having a ton of people in your Rolodex or your little black book. It's about having this tight knit circle who you can lean on and who will support you through anything. And I have found this to be the case myself for sure. So we're going to talk about our own experience with friendship, how you can create that tight circle to create professional success and success in all of these other layers. And we'll talk about how we've met some of our best friends. And we have seven tips for you about making friends as an adult. Seven things you need to know about making friends as an adult. So I have a theory about the what's your tightness of I have a theory about tightness. The, <laughs> yeah, I have a theory about tightness. Of the tight knit of community, which makes sense because we live in a patriarchal society, right? So men can be complete dickheads to all of their employees and still get away with everything and still move up the chain of ladder, right? Like being a leader where women have, there's an element of like having to stick together because you, you already know they're at, at a disadvantage, so it's like sticking together to help the community move forward. And you said this too a while ago about giving money to organizations helping women and mothers that it's proven that if you give money to like women, they help and support the community automatically. Automatically. And then if you give money to men, it's more about like taking care of themselves where they're not. The data shows this is from the book Half the Sky, phenomenal book. The data shows that when you invest in women and girls, everyone gets healthier everyone becomes more abundant mm -hmm. all whole communities are healed and so that's why i believe in investing in women and girls yeah me too and we can all invest in women and girls through our friendships so yes i want to say that here's the thing here's my first point there was something else i had to say but i can't remember what it was our first of the seven takeaways here we're throwing in a little structure folks i don't know what you think but you know, let us know. If you want to be like Kate right now, just put seven up. She had literally has seven in the air. She's got numbers, you know, the one hand up and then two other fingers on the other hand. It brain organized. So you can be like seven. So number one is you have to make it a priority. Here's the thing. Our culture has told us to put all of our eggs in the marriage, kids, and career basket. But the thing is, statistically speaking, if you are a heterosexual woman and you are married to a man, you are very likely to live longer than him, number one. Number two, your kids are going to move out of the house, hopefully, someday. Number three, your friendship is going to boost your career. So why not take the time? And I get it. Like, I, every single week, I think, I don't have time to hang out with my friends. I have too much to do. But Every single week, I prioritize one Skype tea date, one walk with a friend, one call with a girlfriend, one dinner out, one something. And it's we're talking like 90 minutes here. This is not it's huge amounts of time. But every week, I make sure that I have something on my calendar that is connecting with a girlfriend in real time. Of course, I'm texting back and forth with them all the time. Or my friend Noah, because... I always like to make sure that he's included because not that he's a girlfriend, but he's one of my tight knit circle that I, I couldn't live without. So you got to make it a priority. And that means making space in your schedule. There are my non-negotiables include sleep, moving my body, friendship, and obviously our kids, obviously our mm -hmm. marriage. I mean, there's a lot of things, but I make space in my calendar every week. And I will tell you what, I never have time. Like I never have extra time. I'm not waiting until I have extra time to prioritize my friendships. I'm prioritizing them knowing that they're like fertilizer 
and they make everything better. So friendship to me is not a luxury, it's a necessity. And every time I prioritize and I take that 90 minutes, we make more money. I'm happier in my marriage. I'm a better mother. I feel better in my body. Like everything is better because I've invested that time and I feel like more of myself. So you gotta make it a priority and that's the only way that you'll maintain those friendships. It's true. Or make new ones. Because mm-hmm. if you're trying to make a new friend, you also need to make that a priority. Which we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah. Okay. So that was me on that. What do you, what yeah, about you for priority? That? It's the same for me as well. Like today I thought my buddy and I have been thinking about getting together. We've been back and forth and I'm like, oh, well, I have lunch open today, you know, like, so I'm like, well, you want to go to the lunch? the same buddy we're going to dinner with tomorrow? It's possible. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. So <laughs> we like to hang out by ourselves. I think you know? that's great. I'd love to spend time by myself. I really value alone time. Right. You mean and then, by yourself with friends or by yourself? No. Yeah. By myself. With myself. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm by myself and then there's other people <laughs> in the was, room. I was. Th- because. Right. Yeah. There's a difference between couple friends. Correct. And. Right. No. So stay with me here. Man friends. The. There's. Right. So I love spending time by myself, but I also yearn for friends like being close like the the statistics right now of men that are 50 and the suicide rate is increasing like all of these right it's like you're there is a thing right there's a thing about having community and so for me it it has been a high priority for me in my life the majority of my friends have been women honestly right like even in college i had definitely women and men as friends but then there's as i have become older it's making sure that there is men in my life. Now, that is a priority where I am, like I will call them on the phone. I call people on the phone all the time. Most of the time people don't answer. Sometimes they call me back, sometimes they don't. You know, it's just like, it's just like to chit chat. I'll be in the car. Almost every single time I'm in the car, I'm like calling somebody. I'm like, okay, let's chat, you know? And so it just keeps that. So it is a priority for myself. And just to be clear, Mike and I prioritize friendship very differently. So it doesn't have to look the same way. I, for example, really do not like to talk on the phone. And if I'm in the car by myself, I almost will never call anybody. I took a really long car trip by myself last week and I think I talked to one person. Mm -hmm. It was my sister for 20 minutes and I was in the car for like 10 hours alone. So just to be clear, you don't have to want to talk on the phone in order to have friends. Yes, correct. Great. Then we also have priorities of couple friends as well for like the two of us in relation you know it's like getting together with other couples we schedule those out and yeah you know and so so, like i would actually get super nerdy about this if you're a little bit nerdy like me and write out what your ideal is so is your ideal one date with a girlfriend each week whether it's a virtual or an in-person and one couple's date per month or something like that. I don't know, but write it down and then make it a priority. And when you're sitting down, this is what I do when I look at my schedule on Sunday nights or Monday morning, I look to see like, am I going to dance class this week? And is there girlfriend time on my calendar? Now, recently I've made it a priority by like literally going on trips with girlfriends and it's been amazing. So sometimes it's obvious that it's in there, but sometimes it's like, oh wow, there's there's not any girlfriend time here, so I'm going to I'm going to get that on the calendar. Okay. So number 2 after make it a priority is to be the glue and be the organizer. Mike and I are both pretty good at this. We are Now, caveat, we're both extroverts, but I don't think you have to be an extrovert to make friends. Anybody can be a good connector, extrovert or introvert. Yeah, that doesn't and matter. everybody needs friends because it's important for all of our health, no matter whether you're an extrovert or introvert. Mm-hmm. So, but we both have like when we moved back to Portland. So I had lived in Portland until I was 18 years old, and then I left for 10 years, and then we came back. And so I had a couple of friends from high school still, but I wanted to meet some new people. And so what I did is I organized a book club around a book that I thought if other people were into it, they would be my kind of people. And I put it on meetup.com and I put it on Facebook and I sent it out to my email list at the time. And I think like 20 women showed up, not every single week, but over, you know, over the course of eight weeks or however long we did it. I can't exactly remember the structure, but just, you can do this. You can make up a structure. Hey, do it around, do less. Organize a do less book group 
put it on Facebook, put it on meetup.com, send it out to your local friends and do that together. You could do 14 weeks and each week do one of the, one of the experiments. But anyway, I still have some friends who I met through that book group who are close friends and it was, it was amazing. So I also recommend that. Another little quick story for you about how I met another friend and she was actually the glue and the organizer is that she Facebook messaged me. This is my friend Liz Long. She Facebook messaged me (laughs) and was like, hi, I'm a friend of Nisha's, Nisha Moodley. And um, I know you guys are friends and she seems to really like you. And my husband and I just moved to Boston, which P.S. is two hours from Portland. And she was like, so I feel like it's close enough. We should be friends. And so she and her husband, Mo, would come up like pretty frequently and spend a night at a hotel and we would hang out, the four of us. And then then we've all gone on to have two kids and become super, super close. And Liz prioritizes it. Like mm-hmm. she shows up and she makes it happen. Now she's moved to Philly and they're actually coming this weekend. And we're really excited about that. So be the glue, be the organizer. When you're traveling to a city, Think about who do I know in this city who I could grab dinner with. It doesn't mean you always have to do that. You know, on my book tour, it's not like I saw every single person I knew in every single city, but I would reach out. I would think about like, who do I really feel like seeing? And I would reach out and and that in-person time really builds friendship. It really does. And it, it made me feel so connected. So how have you been the glue and the organizer? Uh, the same thing. Like I make a writing down like what I actually want, you know, it's like I wanted when we first moved here. So I've also moved a lot, right? I've moved 20 times in 16 years before we currently live where we live now. So your friendships are very transient, you know, like in North Carolina, when I lived there, I hung out with my neighbors all the time. I don't talk to them at all right now is because i it's like it's a transient relationship when i moved to florida the guys i was doing business with then i don't communicate with them now you know and so it's a transient type of a lot of times friendships become this transient so when you're in especially when you're moving a lot or traveling a lot i knew we were gone the first two years we lived in portland quite a bit traveling a lot so i didn't establish i knew when i came home i wanted to create this type of container like so i can hang out with like a buddy and some of my best friends they don't live in maine right like i I talk to them on the phone a lot we we make priority to get together i was gonna see one of them in september and it's you know it's like so we just make that a priority to get together as well so we are constantly always around events going to events together and planning events together to attend or just like just hangout sessions and then in Maine, like one thing that I organized a, a couple of years ago was called the do man shit. And it was like guys that we wanted to get together. I've talked about that a bunch on here, but it's like, there's a group of us. And then that's kind of dissolved because we moved twice and then we had another kid and it wasn't a hop. And then I got sick and it just wasn't a priority for me at that time because we also moved into a new neighborhood that there's tons of dudes that I really like that I hang out with quite frequently. Right. Just in the cul-de-sac. Just in the cul-de-sac. So I'm getting that in another form now there is guys that i do miss hanging out with that of course we get coffee every once in a while or just walk we all walks you know from that standpoint we just walk around so it's just there is movement but it's something where i initiate there's movement so we can move because a lot of my friends they don't do well like we're not going to sit at a coffee shop and like talk about well, stuff I think it's, it's talks about to... moving we're talk why we move right right and that's you know, I think it's important to note that you don't drink and a lot of guy friends, like they get together. Yeah, to that's, have a that beer. will. So oh, sorry. No, with the no, it's it's good. Like sports. I watch F1 racing and CrossFit. Like that's my what I kind of watch now. So like the traditional basketball, football, all of that stuff that I grew up with. I don't really do that anymore. I don't really care. And so that's changed as well right from the sports perspective and then even the alcohol drinking perspective the partying like going to bars like i'll go there but a lot of people don't invite me because they know i don't drink right so it's just i'm fine with that it doesn't really bother me so it has been how do i cultivate these relationships that i desire and then i'm persistent pain in the butt like i will continually follow up with people i'll continually reach out with people i don't get upset about you know if they don't answer for the most part sometimes it's hard like if you're if like a friendship we're going to talk about that a little bit yeah. in the future but yeah that's the glue like you just continually are in charge now i do, this does not run my life right this doesn't run our 
It's not a, oh my gosh, I didn't get in a walk with somebody or I didn't hang out with somebody this week. It's just that it's ebb and flow of life. And so we're just participating But I can that. start to feel it. Like, yes, for sure. If it hasn't happened, let's say a week goes by and then a second week goes by. I will say we're very blessed because we live in this great neighborhood where almost every day there's a bunch of great women in the neighborhood who I really adore. And one of them, our friend Abby, shout out to Abby Baldwin, is the reason we live in this neighborhood. And she is amazing at being the social glue. Like she organizes monthly dinners and she, you know, texts us when she's got her sprinkler going and, you know, to be like, hey, come down with the kids. So So that's been such a great thing. And one of the things that she did, which I just really love, right? Because I think sometimes we can think being social is going to take all this extra work. And one of the things we do from time to time in our neighborhood is like everyone orders their own pizza, pays for it over the phone, and then one person goes to get the pizza and bring it to somebody's house. And we all just eat pizza that we all ordered out and paid for on our Mm -hmm. own. At somebody else's house. Or other takeout. If or other takeout. But I'm just saying, like, it's such a great, simple, like, no one had to do right. a whole freaking thing. And so there are easy ways to get together that aren't Correct. a whole freaking production. Okay. So the next thing, I'm actually changing what I was going to say. Because what I want to say is, number, for item number three, so we talked about being the making it a priority and being the glue or the organizer. Number three is really trust the energy. So there are two stories I want to tell you about meeting two of my very best friends. One of them is my friend Noah Levy. He's very funny at Levy's Digest on Instagram if you want to follow along with him. He has a very fun account. And Noah and I met when I was 15 and he was 16 at a semester away farm school called Chiwanki. And we called the main coast semester and so noah walked into my cabin and he and i were wearing the same jacket and i just was instantly and i was posting up postcards of marilyn monroe next to my little cabin bed and he came right over and wanted to know about my postcards and we just hit it off immediately and we were really tight while we were there at this program But then when we left five months later or six months later, whatever, I would call him to hang out and he would like not call me back or I don't know, was like kind of weird about it. And I remember sitting in my kitchen saying to my mom, like, you know, I feel like we were so close and now he's not into it. Like what's going on? And she, she was like, you just keep calling him. You be persistent. Like you were really tight. I can tell he loves you. Just keep calling. So I did. And eventually he, you know, eventually he sort of came around and started reciprocating and inviting me places. And, you know, we've been friends now for over 20 years. Like we text all day, every day. And he calls me and Mike and himself a thruple. (laughs) So anyway, That was a great example of persistence, which Mike already touched on, but also really trusting the energy. Like I knew that he was my person. And I just, even though he was, he was on his own journey and I'm not going to get into why he was kind of standoffish because that's his own story. But like at the end of the day, it was worth it. Another example. So I was trusting the energy. Another example is Mike and I went to this breastfeeding class while when I was pregnant with Penelope at a local community organization called Birth Roots, which we love if you live in the greater Portland, Maine area and are pregnant, are thinking about getting pregnant, have a new baby, please go to birthroots.org. They're phenomenal. They have all these great classes. So there we are at breastfeeding class and there's another couple sitting across from us and I just knew immediately like I just looked at them and I was just like these are our people I just love them like I just knew and I loved them both and so I have social anxiety I do not like to talk to strangers making friends even though I seem like it's really easy I have to psych myself up to start a conversation it makes me very nervous So I was listening to them and I was like trying to figure out how can I start a conversation after class and like get their number and invite them to do something. (laughs) And so I just loved their energy. And so I had, I heard them say, 
that they had just moved from Long Island. So I knew, okay, they're new in the area. And then they mentioned paddleboarding. And so I was like, oh, great. We paddleboard too. So after class, I went up to the woman and she's really tall and really beautiful. And was like one of those women who just looks like a model, even when she was pregnant. So I was intimidated just to begin with, because I was so swollen when I was pregnant. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not like a model pregnant person. And so I went over and I was like, hey, you know, I'm Kate. I heard you guys are new here and that you paddleboard. Would you ever want to get together and paddleboard? We could show you around a little bit some of the areas. And and we hit it off right away. And and Sarah has become, you know, one of my absolute best friends here in Maine. And Steve is also amazing. And he's one of Mike's friends and we're couple friends. And it's it's amazing. And so, so worth it to trust my energy and to get uncomfortable and to make the outreach. And does that mean that every time we reach out to try to make a new friend that it works? No. Sometimes when I've wanted to really hit it off with somebody and make it just whatever, for whatever reason, it's not a fit. And that's fine. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. But those were examples where I trusted the energy and I went for it and they have become absolute critical. Like I consider these people family. So that was my trust the energy. Your number three? That was my number three. I decided or to the swap number out. Three. What was it originally titled? Originally, number three was going to be about combining friendship with other things that you're doing anyway, like parenting or exercising yeah. or whatever. And I will say, like, this is very obvious, but let's put it out there. A really great way to make friends is to go do the things you love to do right. and to meet other people who like to do those things. Mm-hmm. I think that's fairly obvious, but if you're not showing up to do the things you love to do, it will be harder to make friends. Yeah. You're I mean, the likelihood of making friends is sitting in your basement. Like it's not. Yeah. Like I've made friends at yoga class. I've made friends at dance. I've made friends at mom groups. Yeah. If you want to be out and about and you made friends at the farmer's market. Right. I I mean, (laughs) people from CrossFit class or yoga. Yeah. Like you said, yoga class or. Just even sitting at handies or anything like there's a variety of leaving places. the house does make it easier yeah, to make friends. Yeah, yeah. Whole Foods is you know just like the grocery st- any grocery store. It's I mean just traveling, being on planes. It's just yeah. Like there's so many stories, right? There's so there's so many ways that you meet people all the time, right? So it's being open to what's going on. So just trusting the energy. I mean, it's a little bit of the same thing. I think there's a little bit of a for me, I've always been much more hesitant where, because I've always had the negative thinking about it where, what are, does this person want? Like there's an advantage. It's not a great way to go into it. That's definitely changed over the past couple of years. Like when people reach out to you, you think what no, does this No, just want? like there's ju- more judgment that I... It's so I, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's not a great, like I'm not exactly happy about this, but it, there's... I mean, this goes with ego, right? This goes back with ego. We've talked about this before. It's like my attitude and being a little bit grumpy. So meeting new people, like I don't have time for that. Or that person's like their first, you know how you meet somebody in the first 10 to 15 seconds, you're automatically, you start running through the story of what this person's all about, you know, right there. And you don't really know. So I think that's actually stopped me from making, making more friends is having a much more closed mind in the situation. So, but I agree with you. I mean, I was there for when Steve and Sarah came into our lives. So it's, it's cool to just know when, when you feel something is right is to, to roll with it and to go with it. And to also though, really trust, trust the energy, but I'm going to say part B of that is trust the timing. So I have two other quick stories on that. One is I was at Mama Gina School of Womanly Arts and we had our networking night and Marie Forleo spoke at networking night and she was amazing. And I was just like, I love this woman's energy, but she was mobbed after the talk. And I just was like, I don't want to be another fangirl. You know, I'd never heard of her before, but you all these people were wanting to talk to her or whatever. And maybe we talked super, super briefly and she gave me her card or something, but I left and I just was like, I really connect with that woman I want to be friends with her and I just put it out there I just put it out there as an intention and then wouldn't you know it a couple weeks later we ended up in a yoga class together in two and a half like 
two and a half hours outside of the city. And we hit it off immediately and ended up hanging out like almost every day that summer. And so that was a trust to the timing. So there's trusting the energy, but also Mm -hmm. trusting the timing. So I knew right in that moment, I wasn't going to like get it up in her business and ask her to coffee because it would have been, I just knew the context was not going to work. Same thing. There's a mom at our daycare who I have resonated with and loved ever since day one when I met her. And I've been kind of like, maybe, you know, like maybe I'll invite her to coffee, whatever. And I just never have partially timing, partially being shy, you know, whatever. And turns out she was at Omega last weekend. And I was like, oh my God, Jill, like, what are you doing here? She was at the Abby uh, Wambach Glennon Doyle weekend. And so I felt like that sealed the deal. I was like, okay, if this woman also drove five hours to Omega, you know, she has three kids and she's here, then definitely we're going to be friends. So I reached out to her after that and I was like, let's get coffee. And so I'm feeling excited about that, even though I've certainly known who I've known her for two years. So we're taking it to the next level. So Jill, if you're listening, I'm excited for our coffee date. So, Um, so maybe you guys could have rode together. We totally could have, but neither of us knew the other one was going. I know, but I needed to sit in the car by myself. Yeah, for sure. Not right. And the timing is right. Yeah. So anyway, trust the energy, trust the timing. And that also goes with friendships ending. You yes, know? it does. And it's so like, yeah, let's with the go timing, with the, yeah. Yeah, it's like sometimes you got to let that go where you have been friends with someone and it's just like that that you fall, like it's just, you know, it's not the right time anymore to like be connected. That doesn't mean it's over forever, right? Like people have stuff, people have lives outside of ourselves, right? Like it's like we think about ourselves a lot, but then there's other people, you know, they have their own stuff going on. So it's to sometimes things just need to move on but the piece is that's never like my buddies all my buddies from high school right we were really really close in high school we somewhat kept in touch during college and then now we've like had our own lives we live all over the united states but when we get together we just hung out with my buddy Rup down in austin texas when we were there he lives outside of texas i haven't seen him in probably five years but it was like we kind of just picked right up where we left off before but it's we're not talking every week you know and it's just like figuring out what that relationship dynamic is now and it works out well. And then there's other people that I've met a few years ago. We used to talk all the time and now we don't talk that much. And so it's just, and I had a little bit of a withdrawal from that, I believe. I definitely, Kate has gone through this as well and some some of her experiences, but it's, it's just like, okay, well, you know, it's just like you kind of bless and release that relationship and that friendship and whatever is going to come from is going to come from it. But also to realize like, it's not that it's like um there's definitely relationships that will never happen ever again right it's just like okay moved on but there's other things that will kind of hang out there and over the past couple of years i've just like really chilled out about it for the most part and just let people it's like we got to do our thing and people got to do their thing and life is too short to really be resentful around this type of situation i yeah absolutely i mean there are friendships that come into our lives for a season And then there are friendships that are for life and neither of them are better or worse than. And if a friendship is in your life for a season, it doesn't mean there was anything wrong with that friendship. It just means it was meant to last a season. I ended up being, (laughs) I didn't tell you this, Mike, but the other day I ended up being behind an ex-boyfriend of mine. He was in the car in front of me driving down Main Street. And I was like, God, so interesting that like, he doesn't know that I'm sitting here and like just I was just thinking about our relationship and just thinking about like how funny that it could be you know he was really important to me for that time Mm -hmm. and space and then that was over and it doesn't mean that that time together didn't serve us both and it doesn't mean that either of us did anything wrong it was just for a particular season and it was just like such a funny moment so I think friendships are the same yes do sometimes people break your heart and do something that was not okay Yes. And also, I think at some point we need to let that go as well. Forgiving Mm -hmm. ourselves, forgiving other people. Forgiveness is a whole other episode. But that's part of the trust piece, right? Trusting the energy, trusting the timing, and trusting that there are times when the friendship is just over. And it might come around in another form, but it might not. I like to think about friendship as like if there was an atom. I think about myself and my social circle like an atom so I'm the nucleus right now now I'm not saying I'm the center of my social circle but of course we all are the center of our own lives so that's all I mean and then I have these different orbits of electrons 
And so I have the inner circle. And I literally, last summer, I was having such a hard time. I wrote down a list of my real friends. And I have that list. And I refer to it from time to time. Not so much these days. But like, I was having a really hard time. And I was having several circumstances that came up where it became clear that people weren't actually wanting to be my friend, that they just wanted something from me. And that was really disappointing and felt gross. And so I actually just wrote down a list of my true friends who I would do anything for. And those are my inner electron people, but it or orbit people, but it doesn't mean that the other people are out completely. They're just in an outer electron orbit, which might mean like when I run into them at an event, I give them a big hug and we can have a good chat. Or it might mean it's even one orbit closer where we might go to brunch or something, but like I wouldn't call them crying. Right. So I think about it in layers like that. It's not like I've made a chart, but in my own energetic, like I know where people are and that way I know how much energy to give them because I know that the amount of energy I would give would be reciprocated. Mm -hmm. It's, it's no different than if you have client work, right? Like this is not, I had a woman yesterday, she reached out to me about doing consulting and I knew right off the bat that I was not going to work with her this time. You know, it was within the first three minutes of us getting together. And I was just like, okay, but how can I, so instead of thinking and be like, you know, this is, she needed help in other areas. So I referred her to Amber Duggar to get her money game straight. And then if she gets the money game straight within her business and Amber's really great at that. So I can help in that way, but Amber has been very helpful for us. So it's, and I can recommend that. Now, if she works on that and then comes back, she's like, yeah, I could come back and work with you on these other things down the line. I'm like, totally. But for her, I knew she has to go through this experience first before we spend time together. So it was cool. It's just like, it's the same thing with like new clients. Cause you have, if you're a yoga teacher, you know, people walking in that door are going to, cons- certain people are going to consume a lot of energy. Some people are not. So you are you're filtering these these layering processes out when we go to work or whatever that may be, even with our children. And I think it's really important as we're talking about the energetics here of friendship, notice after you spend time with someone, do, do you, you feel, feel more energized or do you feel drained? If you feel drained, that's probably not going to be somebody you want to prioritize spending a lot of time with. And I know that you might have history. I know that they might depend on you emotionally. I know that you might have been friends for 30 years, but I am just telling you, you deserve the best. And you deserve to be around people who lift you up and who energize you Mm -hmm. as opposed to drain you. And so if you have a draining friendship, I just please let me be your little bug in your ear saying minimize the time and energy spent and maybe over time move away from that friendship because life is long, but it's also short. We don't need to be spending our time and energy with energy suckers. You don't owe something to anybody. And you certainly don't owe your life force to anybody. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I would like to review because we got slightly off track with our structure, but I'm going to review for those people who want to know what the seven things were. Okay. They were. Did we go through them all? We really did. I mean, we we didn't announce it. We kind of covered everything, but we just didn't like it. Well, we were saying, you said you had this piece about sitting with discomfort. Do you want to talk about that? Well, I also talked about it from the men perspective. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like well you you alluded to this a little bit earlier. It was like sometimes just and we kind of talked about it like letting friends go. It's like when you're meeting new people or in an area like let's say you're attending this event. There's a, a organization called Maine Boys to Men where it's a group of guys that get together and we talk about like life or what's going on. And this is this is much different than friends going out socially for the most part. This is a structured organization that's legit that talks about issues with the patriarchy and being a man in today's world, right? It's like the adjustments that we go through. We're talking about our stuff. We talk about our, what's happening in relationships. We talk about with whatever somebody wants to talk about, right? Some guy shut down his business for reasons. Like, you know, it's just stuff and it's uncomfortable. Like every time I drive there, I'm like, I don't want to go, you know, I don't want to do that. Like, because I'd rather like do something else, you know? And it's just like, and so sometimes there's an experience of discomfort in things that we know we're going to be very it's just like the corny thing of life right we go through the downturn and see the light at the end but going to an an event like this i can't say i've actually created like lifelong friends from it 
but it's a different type of environment of where I'm creating. But if I see these dudes out, I'm like, yo, what's up? You know, stuff like that. So there is an element of getting uncomfortable in these environments sometimes to cultivate what we actually would like to cultivate in our life. That reminded me. So being with that particular social circle, even though they might not be your lifelong friends, social scientists, and this is from the work of Becca Levy, she did a she did research where she proved that having community actually builds our immune system. So mm-hmm. people who hang out with the most different social groups every week have the strongest immune systems. Hmm. So meaning if so a social group would be like your yoga class, Mike's Boys to Men group, our group of friends in our neighborhood, your church group, a book club, you know, whatever, right? So these groups of people actually build your immune system and you will not get as many colds and your your immunity is boosted. So I just think that's interesting. Yeah, data. and then I'll just talk about the men piece because you said, you know, we mentioned this earlier. This is one of our points. <laughs> we, I'll, I'll recap, we'll, don't we'll worry. Recap. When I watch, like I see it now, even Penelope's age of four-year-olds. Like I see the social dynamics that these little girls are experiencing versus the way the boys interact like it is really amazing how it just the group of girls just get together and they're just doing stuff right and then the the boy there's a little bit more destruction when it comes to the boys playing together so it's like just this social i don't know if it's like ingrained in us from birth or how it is from dynamics of genders or what that you know all, all that stuff but i just see and as I grew up, I didn't see for myself. I saw my mom always got together with her girlfriends, like, and my dad was traveling a lot. So I didn't see a lot of man interactions, like friendships from that standpoint, like with my father. And then I saw that in kind of the environment as well. It was a lot of sports oriented things. Like high school was all about sports. College was a little bit about drinking. It was all partying. And so you're with these group of friends and then college is over and you're like, then you go to the workforce and then you can hang out with your coworkers, but you're not supposed to. Like there was this always, and especially where I worked in manufacturing, like you had the hourly workers and then you had the salary workers. So we are already separated. So I would go hang out with everybody. Like my coworkers would invite me on their boat, like the guys from the union. And I'd go out with them on the boat. Cause I'm like, this is dope. Like I don't have a boat. And then there would uh, then hanging out with some of the other salaried workers. So I think that we create and cultivate these separations and so with men as well it wasn't this i'm reading this book called leaders i always say leaders eat leaders but it's leaders eat last by simon sinek and he talks about this experience of ge with jack welsh versus the ceo of costco costco pays their hourly workers like 20 dollars an hour and jack welsh is heralded this great businessman but when you look at the statistics of how his business actually ran he did layoffs you know, he wasn't kind to his employees. He was very dictatorish type of a reality. His stock actually grew less than what Costco's stock grew. And it was not cultivating like a community or organization of leaders to actually grow. It was very of a top-down approach. So I think that was that as a man in business or in the world, like that's what coaching is the same way. You watch any of these hard knock shows on the NFL, it's just dudes yelling at other dudes. So there's been this the military is very similar the same way. I've never been in the military, but just the stuff you see on TV, et cetera. Like it's just this hierarchical approach. So it makes it really like it's not a community to be a part of. And it makes it like I'm better than you type of an attitude. But I feel like where we're changing now, this dynamic of fatherhood and all of this stuff that's happening in the world, like that is changing. And I think with guys, like it's better for us to go through it together. And we can talk about these things that we're experiencing because... I can talk to Kate about what I'm going through, but it's not the same. It's, you know, Kate is not me, right? Kate is not a man going through that as well. So I feel like as we're talking more about these things that we're gravitating towards each other and then we're working through these things together. So, yeah. So that's, that's like just being the dude, you know, talking about friends, et cetera. And I think what you just said, there's a quote from A Course in Miracles that says something along the lines of we need to make our romantic relationships more brotherly and our brotherly relationships more romantic now of course i would say 
sisterly as well, our friendship. Wait, say so, that again? Meaning we need to be more loving to our friends oh, and yeah, be yep. better friends to our spouses. Yes. But I also want to say, like back to where we started at the beginning, if we cultivate friendships and we prioritize it, it makes our romantic partnerships so much better because it takes pressure off of them. Like I get so much from my girlfriends and from Noah that I do not get from Mike. Mm -hmm. And I'm not expecting Mike to meet my every emotional need. There are conversations where I'll start with Mike and he's like, you should call a girlfriend about that. And he's right. Like I'm not, yes, do we do we have great long in-depth conversations? Yes. Yes. But it's very different than like, I just went on a road trip with my friend Sarah we were in the car for 10 hours over the course of 24 hours and we did not stop talking the entire time. And it's really different than being with Mike and not bad or good, just different. And I love that and I I would crave that so much mm-hmm. if I didn't have it. And that's why I prioritize it because it's very different than the dynamic in our marriage and I don't think there's anything wrong with our marriage because it doesn't have that. Right. Right? Yeah. It, and then even for like... There, I've been reading these studies talking about how men's best friends are like their wives and that's where they get all their social calendars booked from what is going on in their marriage and relationship and all that stuff. And it's just like, it's not healthy, right? That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean... Number one, it's not healthy. Because, and then number two, it's, it is a... If I give everything that... Like, just, Kate has to figure everything out for me or it's like it's planning all every it's like what yeah no it is too much pressure yeah i mean i think it's normal for the woman to be more of the social organizer in is it good i don't know but it is i'm not saying that's normal but like yeah putting all the pressure of like okay i'm not going to have anything social going on unless my wife books it for me is not right or men trying to control it because that's a big problem you know, it's like trying to control what the wife or the woman or their partner and their relationship would do, right? That's getting into a whole nother conversation. But it is, <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's trying to, th- like around a lot of this is not, try- it's expansive. It's like thinking outside the box a little bit into this container that we have. And yeah. Okay. So let's, I'm going to run wrap through, it up. I'm going to run through the seven things. Number one, make it a priority. Number two, be the glue, be the organizer. Number three, trust the energy and trust the timing. So if you feel attracted to somebody and you want to be their friend, trust that. But also trust that if it's meant to be, it will happen and you need to take action steps, but you don't need to like strong arm them. Number four, interestingly though, is persistence. So Mike and I both shared stories of persistence because sometimes people are not used to prioritizing the friendship in the same way. For example, we have some friends who used to live down the street from us. They are doing a two-year stint in New York City and they we ended up getting to see them before they left and because Mike was persistent about it. He rolled up in their driveway and was like, hey, I know how you people are. Like, if I wait for a text back, it's not coming. So we are here in your driveway in person to make a plan to see you before you move. And it made Kate uncomfortable. It did. But Leah texted me back just being like, thank you so much for making that happen. If it had been up to us, it wouldn't have happened because we had so much going on. They were moving. They have two small children. It's a lot. And so we made it happen and we brought dinner to them. And then Mike helped them move a couch. So think about also like, how can you be helpful to your friends? Because that also creates the bond. That was a side note, but persistence sit with the discomfort is number so number four was persistence number five is sit with the discomfort so the discomfort mike was mostly talking about in male friendships and being like doing things a little differently than you know might otherwise be the case for me it's sitting with the discomfort of social anxiety and just being like okay i'm gonna feel uncomfortable for like the first two minutes of this conversation and then i will be fine right it 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 baffles me that you have social anxiety like it's still when you when you get to that place we get a little anxious i'm just like what is going on but yeah i know and then number six was really letting it go so knowing that friendships are here for a season sometimes sometimes they're for a lifetime but that you can trust however long a friendship is meant to be and that you can let it go when it's over Number seven was Mike just sharing about the changing, evolving conversation around masculinity. So that wasn't really number seven. So there's actually six things, but that was a bonus seven. 
So I hope you followed along with that and got something out of today's episode. But listen, I want you to know prioritizing your friendships will be worth it. It makes your health better. It makes you happier. It will make you more successful financially and as a business person. So do it and do it in whatever way you need. I have found my best friends through so many different things, whether it's being at the library with my kids, showing up at, you know, business events. I've met some of my closest friends through signing up for for programs online and then meeting them. Like some women meet their best friends through Origin, right? So mm-hmm. online groups and online business stuff can be a great place to make friends. But bring it to real life as much as you possibly can because while online friendships are wonderful, do whatever you can to meet in person. Maybe that was a bonus eighth thing. I don't know. As a reminder, we will be live on Facebook on Friday, helping you solve your trickiest friendship pickles at 10 a.m. on the Friday after this episode goes live. Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time. And so that would be Friday, August 23rd. And also, if you have not yet signed up, to be part of officially the August podcast listening adventure, head over to katenorthrup.com forward slash August, and you'll be able to get your podcast listening adventure tracker to track your takeaways and insights from the podcast episodes and from the Facebook lives. So far, the Facebook lives have been unbelievable in terms of engagement and enthusiasm, like way beyond our expectations. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. And there are giveaways when you show up live, plus having that tracker that you get over at katenorthrop.com forward slash August, printing it out and using it, there will be a chance to win cool things. So make sure you're doing that. And uh, we will see you next week for our final episode of the podcast listening adventure, which is all things masterminds. So if you've been wanting to start a mastermind, join a mastermind, you don't know what the heck a mastermind is, but you want to know why it might be good for you, then that episode is for you. So katenorthup.com forward slash August. See you Friday and see you next week. Bye. Go make some friends. Hey, this episode is sponsored by the ultimate course creation starter kit from our dear friend, Amy Porterfield. She's one of my absolute favorite women in the online business space because she is so smart and such a good teacher. So if you are thinking about creating an online course, you really need to get this free and highly insightful guide, which will help you kickstart your digital course journey. So you'll be ready to create a profitable digital course and the impact you've dreamed of. And you can go over to katenorthrop.com forward slash Amy. And it's the ultimate course creation starter kit over at katenorthrop.com forward slash Amy.